Welcome to episode number 13 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. We're looking at creating a global community focused on workplace safety and industries handling combustible dust and powdered materials. In today's episode, we're doing an interview with Ali Nashdawi out of Jordan. And Ali is a forensic laboratory department investigator, um, fire investigator, and electrical engineer with the Ministry of the Interior of Jordan. And what we'll be covering today is, is a very large silo, grain silo explosion that they had there in 2018. So this was actually at the time of recording. We're just analyzing the data for our year-end incident report. And this explosion, unfortunately, was the, the most devastating confirmed dust explosion that we have in 2018. So it took the lives of seven workers, five on the, the day that it happened, and then two on subsequent days, um, and it injured uh, a number more. And what's interesting, actually, a couple things that are interesting about this specific incident, um, even though it's tragic, it was actually happened during decommissioning of the silo. So they're moving it from Port Aquaba in Jordan to, to another location. Uh, and they had started emptying out the silos, and they were going to demo the, the building, um, and then the subcontractor didn't complete the, the cleanup, and that led to a primary explosion and and secondary explosions, which then caused the devastation. The reason to get Ali on to talk about this, he, he reached out to me and explained the process, showed me some pictures of this really tragic and devastating incident. And him and his team really dug in, say, why did this happen? How can we stop it from happening in the future? And in this interview, he really shares a lot of great insights, how he went and looked at OSHA regulations, how he went and looked at NFPA, um, brought all that material together to come up with a process for decommissioning silos in the future and a process that they can apply for their grain handling facilities throughout Jordan. So in this material, we'll, we'll definitely include in the interview here, and we'll try to include some of the material that he's created in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 13 for this episode. And I just want to say that it was really an honor to have Ali on, and I know this is a really tragic and sensitive um, incident, but the, the lessons learned that he pulled out of it and the material that he's helping to share are really something that's going to help decrease the the incident of this happening in the future so i want to say thank you as always for listening to the dust safety science podcast um, i want to encourage you to check out the show notes and to listen through to the end of the episode as i think there's some really great material and i really look forward to hopefully as we build out this community build out our awareness and education that we can reduce the, the chance of these kind of incidents happening again in the future so thank you again and i hope you enjoy today's episode with ali welcome to the dust safety science podcast in today's interview, we are doing a discussion with Captain Ali Nashdawi from the Forensics Laboratory Department in the Ministry of the Interior in Jordan um, about a, a grain silo explosion that they had this year. This was actually um, one of the, the most devastating explosions that we recorded in 2018. Um, that was actually confirmed dust explosion. And I wanted to have Ali on to really talk through what they've found in their investigation. I think there's a lot of interesting lessons learned that that we can pull out from this really tragic incident. So Ali, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Chris. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I and you don't have to refer to me as Dr. Chris throughout the, the interview, but I, I I appreciate it. But Chris, Chris works as well. Okay. So earlier in the year, when we were coming out with our mid-year incident report in the middle of 2018, Ali actually emailed me about this, this explosion that they had in Port Aquaba, Jordan. So Port Aquaba is just off the the Red Sea, which is separating the Middle East and, and Africa. If you kind of go up there, there's um, some tributaries that go into, into the port. And there they had this, a grain silo that they're actually moving 
Um, so they, they had started taking material out of the silo and they were going to, to demo it. And unfortunately, they had a, a, a pretty large scale dust explosion there that, that resulted in multiple fatalities. And Ali was nice enough to, to reach out and, and just say, I know you guys are doing this type of research. As we come up with information, I'd like to share it. Um, so we share that in the incident report. And now he's here today to, to go through their findings from looking into that incident. So Ali, I want to thank you again. And maybe as a starting point, can you briefly describe your role with the forensics laboratory department in the Ministry of, of the Interior in Jordan? Uh, okay. I have been working at uh, forensic laboratory department in Jordan since uh, 2007. Um, the forensic laboratory department in Jordan has qualified technicians and contains uh, most uh, recent analysis equipment. Uh, it is accredited by uh, ISO 17025 and did uh, several twinning uh, projects with different countries around the world. The last one was with Ireland Forensic Laboratories. I started in fire investigation section and now I am the head of the section. Uh, I am electrical engineer with uh, demonstrated the history of working in fire investigation, electrical fires, vehicle fires, and fire protection assessment. I am also combustible dust investigator. I attended uh, many courses and uh, workshops uh, inside and uh, outside Jordan about uh, combustible dust hazards, uh, assessing uh, dust parameters, dust control and process safety management. Also, I am arson and gunshot residue analysis expert using a scanning electron microscope. Thank you for the, the background, Ali. That helps. And as the listeners that have been listening to a few episodes now from this year will know, our focus for 2019 is, is understanding combustible dust as a global challenge and developing global solutions. Um, so to hear your background and, and how you know, how far away you are from at least where we're recording here in, in Nova Scotia and Canada, I think that's really fits along the line. So I, I appreciate you taking the time. In terms of the, the Port Aquaba incident, can you, can you describe the terminal layout? So this was a grain storage terminal. And can you describe what that looked like and, and maybe go into what happened that day? Sure. Aqaba terminal contains um, uh, 75 silos. Uh, each with a, di a diameter of nine meters and a height of uh, 45 meters, and uh, were used to store uh, 200,000 tons of wheat. Next to the silos, there is a tower with uh, 55 meters uh, height, which contains a grain conveying system and relevant piping. Uh, the conveyors and piping are attached with uh, ducting columns down uh, to the underground tunnels. The um, underground tunnels consist of three multi-level corridors containing the conveying system and relevant structures and uh, machinery for discharging uh, the wheat uh, from silos into road trucks. Uh, the tunnel length is, uh, is 150 meters approximately. Now, about the details of the incident, the incident uh, happened on May 14, 2018. Um, I mean, about eight months ago. Now, two months before the incident, the silos company had evacuated the silos and transported the majority of the wheat amount to the new silos in the new seaport, where uh, the old port was sold to set up tourist uh, resorts. Also, uh, Silas Company dismantled dust suction systems and cut off electricity. 
The main contractor for the removal of the old port was submitted to the Arab International Company for uh, construction and contracting, which uh, commissioned a subcontractor, uh, Abu Ghraib Company, to uh, demolish the silos. Abu Ghraib Company signed an agreement with a Turkish company, uh, it's called EG Nitro, to demolish silos using one ton of dynamite and time delay capsules. Um, the Turkish company carried out uh, studies to demolish uh, parts of the silos and made holes and iron cutting in main construction columns to place uh, the dynamite inside it. Akaba Development Company, which is the owner of the old board, has warned through the risk assessment report submitted to the subcontractor uh, Abu Ghraib Company for several dangers including the risk of dust explosion and uh, the need to clean the silos uh, before starting uh, work. But the subcontractor did not comply with these warnings and did uh, the work without cleaning the silos and uh, removing the hazards. In the first week of the work, uh, dust explosion occurred and uh, killed seven Jordanian uh, workers. Five of them died on the same day and two in the following days. After the detection from me and my team, we concluded that uh, the dust explosion uh, occurred on the third floor of the tower in one of the grain uh, conveyors as a result of the availability of uh, the five main dust explosion elements, uh, which they the wheat dust, the confined space, which is the conveyor, the dispersion of the wheat dust, uh, the availability of oxygen, and uh, appropriate ignition source. Uh, actually, it was unknown, the ignition source, but the probability that it was uh, from the iron cutting because the hot work there was iron uh, cutting. Uh, dust explosion started as a combustible fire, which uh, quickly turned into a primary dust explosion. Then it spread into the underground tunnels, uh, causing secondary dust explosions as a result of uh, dust deflagration. Wow, that's quite a thorough investigation to pull that information out. And I think I, I just want to highlight a couple things. We're going to go into the lessons learned that, uh, that Ali and his team pulled out, but I just want to mention a couple of things on, on the broader scope. This this was actually decommissioning of a silo. So I've I've seen in the last two years of the instant database a number of cases where where abandoned silos have caught fire. Sometimes it's due to vandalism. Sometimes it's groups of of kids or or uh, people are are inside them. And if those aren't cleaned out and decommissioned properly, I, I I could see this kind of issue arising. So it's it's good to get that message out there. And then even if you are actually moving it or tearing it down quote-unquote properly like we saw here there are cautions that need to be to be thought of and in this case the the lead contractor had a risk assessment that that showed that but then the information wasn't really transferred down to the subcontractors um so ali i want to i want to ask you what kind of lessons did you pull through with the forensics laboratory department from this this explosion incident actually uh, we learned uh, two lessons from this incident um, the first lesson is that there were two mistakes that were made and they caused the incident. 
Um, the first mistake was done by the silos company when they uh, dismantled dust suction uh, systems and uh, cut off electricity. And uh, they kept a small amount of wheat inside uh, the conveyors uh, and pipes and uh, underground tunnels and inside the silos. That action uh, created the existence of four of the dust explosion elements, the wheat dust, the confined spaces, which is the conveyors, the pipes, and the ground tunnels. And the third one is the dispersion of the wheat dust and oxygen. So in that time, the place was ready and waiting an appropriate ignition source. Actually, it was so easy in that time to prevent any hazard and made housekeeping if the silos company kept the conveying and suction systems working until they cleaned the blaze and transported all the amount of the wheat before um, evacuation. The second mistake was made by the sump contractor Abu Garib when they did not complete to any warnings and uh, did the work without cleaning the silos and removing the dangerous and hazards without the supervision uh, of uh, safety engineers. That action caused the present of the, the fifth element, which is the an appropriate ignition source. Uh, of the dust, uh, dust explosion pentagon. So now, when the incident happened, I and my team detected the site of the silos uh, of, uh, and the tower. We found that uh, the dust uh, explosion happened in one conveyor and extended to cause a secondary dust explosion in the attached underground tunnels. But the place contains many conveyors and pipes and attached with another underground tunnels. Some of these places was awaiting ignition source to explode. So this lead us to the second lesson from this incident. The second lesson is what are the safety procedures we should use to prevent the occurrence of any combustible fire or dust explosion before starting the work uh, again. Indeed, I didn't find any previous experience about dealing with such case. I consider um, uh, this case as unique, but uh, I referred to uh, OSHA regulations and NFP codes like uh, NFP 61, uh, 68, 69, NFP 70, and uh, NFP 654, also for European standards related to dust safety. I divided this the site into three zones according to the hazard. Zone A, uh, which is the most dangerous zone, it is the tower and underground tunnels where all the confined spaces, I mean the conveying systems and relevant piping, are located. Zone B, which is uh, the main enclosed silos columns provided with small venting holes at top and uh, size. Zone C, which is the main enclosed silos column provided with small venting holes at top and side, but has been subjected to a partial demolition earlier and uh, nearly uh, ready for demolition. Each zone has different safety procedures and work uh, steps. The tunnel floors uh, found uh, covered with a thick layer of uh, a mixed organic uh, origin components, mostly formulated from wheat seeds, seed dusts, uh, rat uh, feces, 
fumigation residues, dry and wet, muddy compound. I mean, sludges on the top of the ducting structure still still having uh, good batches of uh, accumulated quantities of wheat. The place uh, has uh, bad odor areas are existed, especially uh, at areas where the wet sludge exists. Harmful uh, steel structure intrudes, infringes, steps, uh, slopes, and um, uh, unleveled uh, corridors are found all over the tunnels and uh, ducting uh, spaces. Uh, darkness and lack, uh, lack of uh, good lighting, which may perform a danger issue on laborers that doing the cleaning job. Ducting and piping structures are covered and having a considerable quantity of dust. The main idea of my plan is to eliminate all the dust explosion elements by ventilation, vacuuming, housekeeping, dust washdown, and uh, ignition source uh, control. Through many uh, parameters like um, minimum ignition temperature of the wheat, deciding, uh, measuring the humidity, the low explosion limit, minimum ignition energy, minimum explosion concentrations, uh, dust particle size, and uh, accumulated dust layer thickness, and also uh, my plan taking into consideration the combustible dust personal protective uh, equipment, oxygen safe limit for personal entrance. Uh, also using, uh, we used also uh, specific explosion filtered vacuums uh, for hazard locations compatible with NFBA 70. I mean, for example, it should be uh, non-spark, uh, fully grounded with a specific motor speed, noise, uh, vacuuming pressure, and etc. Uh, using water spray machine for dust wash down compatible with OSHA and NFBA 70, uh, housekeeping according to OSHA regulations, uh, explosion proof lights uh, in dark places. Actually, I have implemented, implemented uh, my plan and have been successfully uh, through a dedicated team that I have trained and have already eliminated all the hazard in the site. Wow, thank you for sharing those those lessons learned and that kind of detailed view of reviewing this incident and then some of the things that are, are needed to, to reduce the chance of it happening in the future and then what you're actually putting in place. Um, I'll share with the, the listeners, this will be the Dust Safety Science podcast episode number 13. So if you go to dustsafetyscience.com slash 13, um, we'll include links to the, the incident report description of the Port Aquaba incident, uh, maybe some images that uh, I know Ali's provided. And if they get their, their final report released and put out and, and that's allowed to be public as well, um, we'll try to share some of that information. So you can come back to the website and, and get access to that material and see the process that he's put in place. And from my understanding, they're either the, the site has now been demolished or they're in the process of demolishing it. Is that right, Ali? Yes, uh, it's uh, already demolished, yeah. Okay, I think it was actually earlier this this week of recording, maybe. Yes. Which is which is great to see it. They were able to go in and, and prove those changes and at the end of the day, um, do it right. But it's really tragic to know that we had to, to actually have those lives lost first. I want to sort of take a step back from your your experience on kind of higher level and just ask if there is already any history of combustible dust incidents within Jordan or that you know of in, in that area? 
Jordan uh, contains uh, many facilities and uh, companies uh, deal with dust and uh, uh, through my experience as a fire and combustible dust investigator and uh, through a general overview of dust fire incidents in my country, Jordan, approximately one to two incidents uh, happen uh, yearly. The majority of these incidents were uh, combustible fires. I found that uh, less than 20% of uh, these incidents were uh, caused uh, dust explosions. For example, uh, through 11 years of my work in this field, since 2007 up to now, uh, many dust fires uh, incidents uh, occurred in Jordan. Most of them uh, happened in uh, grain mills, but uh, just four of them caused a dust explosion. Two of uh, the dust explosion happened in Jordan uh, happened on the same grain uh, mill uh, on the same year, uh, in 2013, while uh, the third one happened on the grain silos in uh, Ramtha City uh, in 2011. This incident caused uh, minor injuries among workers and uh, minor uh, damage in uh, the facility. Uh, while uh, the latest one, which is the Aqaba Silos uh, dust explosion, caused uh, seven deaths and huge damage inside uh, the silos. Uh, actually, in recent years, uh, with the increase uh, in dust fire incidents, the crisis uh, directorate in Jordan has activated the emergency plans and increased uh, the awareness uh, of the facilities that produce dust or dealing with dust from the risk of uh, dust explosions or uh, combustible fire. But uh, the problem that uh, still exists is the actual uh, application of these plants from the uh, facilities. Thank you again for compiling that information and sharing. I think it helps. We're doing it a lot with the instant database in North America, and we get some coverage in, in other countries, but um, not nearly enough and not a very big proportion of what's actually happening. So to have, have you come out and share what's going on in Jordan and in your country is, is really of immense, immense value to what we're doing. You mentioned a lot of the history, a lot of what you learned from this incident. Are there any changes that, that uh, I know you guys are being very proactive on this, which is, which is really good. Um, are there any changes that are being put in place to prevent future incidents today? Oh, yes. Actually, I believe that a uh, proper management uh, system uh, needs to be put in place to minimize uh, dust fire or uh, explosion incidents and uh, maximize uh, effective housekeeping uh, plan. This could be accomplished by establishing an allowable threshold uh, value for dust uh, accumulation, um, ensure proper equipment is available for cleaning, uh, routinely inspect the identified areas where combustible dust could accumulate. Uh, also determine frequency of cleaning and ensure that uh, personnel are tra trained on appropriate uh, cleaning uh, techniques. Preparing awareness program with scheduled timelines, for example, daily, weekly, uh, periodically, to uh, rise uh, combustible dust hazards understanding between workers. Um, also, um, for example, doing practical experiments uh, that uh, simulate dust hazards and taking lessons from previous uh, incidents. I think that uh, the organization should come up with the idea that uh, the worker who works in uh, a dusty place is uh, like an explosive expert 
who is uh, trying to disturb the a time bomb. If he hit a wire, it would cause uh, the bomb to explode. I believe that fear uh, reduces uh, recklessness and uh, mistakes. One of the most important things uh, I want to focus on to prevent uh, such future, uh, future incidents is uh, the evacuation of old facilities that uh, were dealing or producing dust. Before the evacuation and uh, leaving the facility abandoned, uh, the company must, or the facility must, did uh, full uh, housekeeping uh, inside the, the facility and uh, make sure uh, it is free uh, from any hazards and taking into consideration that the personnel who uh, will uh, work in the evacuated facility after them have no awareness uh, in this area. Thank you for sharing that, that analogy of um, workers that are working in a, a dusty environment are really, really working in a time bomb. And I think that's true in a sense in that if you have all, if you have four of the five sides of the Pentagon present, then you're really just missing that ignition or tripping that wire. And that's an interesting way to think about it. And I think if, if we had more training in place and more awareness, that would really help. I think that's all we really can cover for today, but I really, I really do appreciate you going through this incident because like I said at the outset, it's a little bit different outside the scope of what people are thinking about in terms that they're normally thinking of, okay, I'm running this plant, running this factory, this facility, and the processing operations every day, there's these hazards. Then it's really a full scope way of thinking, well, okay, how do we get startup going? How do we do decommissioning? Um, and as this incident shows, these, these can cause real world injuries and fatalities and are really important to consider. And I'm also really happy to see the, the really proactive stance that you're taking with your work, helping getting out there. And I appreciate you reaching out to us and I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your time today. Uh, um, really, I appreciate uh, sharing my information to community. Uh, thank you um, very much. Thank you, Ellie. And I just want to give you one last chance. Is there anything else you'd like to kind of leave the, the listeners with? From, from your experience here? Um, uh, no, but just uh, I, to, I to encourage them to follow your uh, website, uh, Dust Safety Science, because it's very useful and a lot of uh, information inside. And I hope uh, that uh, everyone has any new information about uh, the dust fire, dust explosion, to uh, share it uh, by this uh, website. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that, Ali. And, and uh, thank you again. And hopefully we can have you on the, the podcast at a later time, but not under these same circumstances where it's, it's after something's happened, but to, to celebrate the success of, of these new programs you're putting in place. Thank you very much. Thank you. You have a great day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Wow. What, a, what an interview with, with Ali Nashtawi. And I really appreciate him coming on and sharing what him and his team have learned from this this really tragic incident in 2018. It's really, really terrible to see this happen, but the tact and the the approach that they're doing where they're analyzing it, trying to pull in the best information from around the world to develop systems and processes to avoid in the future is, is really inspiring to see. And I was really honored to have, have Ali on and discuss this with this team. So in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 13, um, we'll have transcripts of this episode or, or description of what we, we put up. We'll also try to include links to, to Ali so you can contact him, um, to the material he's creating. And just so you can learn 
from this incident. That's really, I think, what when I was talking to him afterwards, what he wants to get out of this is he wants people to learn from this tragic incident and also to stop it from happening in the future. So I hope, at least with this interview and this podcast, we can play a little part in helping with that. So as always, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, um, and I'm looking forward to moving through 2019 as we we continue to learn combustible dust as a as a global challenge and pulling this information to to avoid these kind of incidents from happening in the future.